All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 54. Brought to you by our good friends, the wonderful people at Sherwood Ford out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. I want to remind you that if you see the Nation truck out and about, snap a picture. Hashtag it with Nation Truck, and you are going to be put in a draw for a $100 gas card. Also, could they please tag us and Sherwood Ford on social media, and those tags are Bag Milk? On Twitter, it's at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, it is at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. If you are looking for a brand new vehicle, head on out and see them. Not only are they wonderful people, but you get a chance to tour the wonderful community of Sherwood Park, Alberta. Now... We are going to start off today's episode with a very important story, arguably the most important story we've worked on in some time now. Our very own Tyler Uremchuk saw Oscar Clefbaum feasting, feeding the abs today. Tyler, please tell us about your Oscar Clefbaum sighting. Yeah, so I left uh, my, my regular day job at uh, the radio station. And I slowly started wandering over to Nation HQ. I was like, man, I need some food. So I stopped at a local burger joint who shall remain nameless because they're not a sponsor. And if our listeners find out Clefbaum eats there, I mean, we might be causing a real uptick in business. He's very handsome. I stop at a downtown burger joint. I park my car. I start to walk in and I'm like, man, why is there a model hanging out outside on his phone? Mm. And then as I got closer, I'm like, this guy isn't even speaking English. What is going on? Um, And then as I looked for probably about the 12th consecutive second right at him, I was like, oh, shit, that's Oscar Mm Clefbaum. And he definitely looked at me and we made like awkward eye contact because it was one of those like he knew that I recognized him. So I was like looking at him being like, hmm. Um, And then, yeah, I walked inside of the burger joint. I was standing, getting ready to uh, place my order. And he walked up next to me to like the register next to me. And he also ordered a burger. And then I was like, oh, boy, we're ordering at the same time here. And then as I went to go stand <laughs> off to the side where you uh, wait for your burger, he kind of like originally stood close to me. And then he walked outside and uh, he took another phone call, I believe. But he was just sitting on the curb talking on his phone, like on the concrete, pretty much on the ground. It was interesting. Frankly, he's doing a public service as far as I'm concerned. It's a very handsome man sitting on a public curb. All the passers-by get to look at him. Yeah. Very Although nice. it could have been a distraction for people driving by. But could regardless. Be. Now, I'm... I'm not a detective, but you said there's two separate lineups, so I'm assuming it's some sort of fast food chain. So I will get to the bottom of this for the people. Today we, we have, will not disclose. Today we have Jay case. sitting in on the podcast on Oilers Nation Radio. He is fresh off a trip to from Finland, a little stopover in Russia. We are going to get the, uh, to that shortly. He met some famous people. He had some times. He was in some kind of weird spas. I don't know what's going on over there, but it sounded like a great time. But first, I want to talk about the Edmonton Oilers training camp, which is well underway. They made 13 cuts today, in addition to sending Stuart Skinner back yesterday. We've had Tyler Benson, Cameron Hebig, Caleb Jones, Carol Maximov, Cooper Marodi, Ryan McLeod, Anthony Peluso, Dmitry Samorokov, and Dylan Wells, all getting sent down to their respective teams. 
We also had Josh Curry, Joseph Gambardella, Keegan Lowe, and Brad Malone being placed on waivers for the purpose of assignment today. Now, are any of those names surprising to any of you? Daniel, I will start with you. Nope. I, I think I said it last week or might have been the week before where I just kind of said like the, the ceiling is real tough for them to break through right now because there is so many scratch ticket players. There's so many guys that that they they brought in with the, the sole purpose of fixing the bottom six. And a lot of those guys, those names were going to probably be in the mix for a bottom six spot. But, uh, but last night's effort combined with, uh, combined with just the, the sheer amount of players ahead of them. It's a, it's a good thing for the organization that we can send them all back to Bakersfield now and, and, and really suss out what our, what our team is going to be up here now. Rick, any surprises? Uh, first, I hate using the word effort in those situations. <laughs> The results weren't great. I get it. But I can guarantee you effort was not an issue last night. That's fair. I was just generally talking about the game. In, in I guess I could have just said the same thing. I could have just said we, we the game that, last night. We did night. that thing a couple of weeks ago where we wanted to get rid of one sports word. I think yep. that, that might be one of them. Yeah, no, fair enough. Anyways, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, I thought Cooper Marodi was in line for that third, fourth center spot, whether you consider Sheehan to be the third or the fourth, whatever. So he was... Uh, I thought at most he'd get even just a little bit more, like one, maybe two more games before they put him down. But so that one, a little surprised. I wanted Benson to be a lot better. Uh, I think he had a, re- he had a decent training camp. He wasn't bad. He just didn't stand out in the ways I expected him to. Um, Caleb Jones, same thing. Uh, the thing that really upset me though, is that it pushes him out of that. I guess they're thinking Lagesson's going to be there, but I was hoping one of those guys was going to try and steal that third left defense spot. So we can finally get rid of that contract. Chris that Russell, con- right? Yes, that's the one. There you go. Because that contract's huge, and it's killing us, especially in a five, six, seven type of defenseman role. Samarukov, you know, he looked okay, but he know he was never going to crack the top six. Um, the rest of them, yeah, kind of. After watching every game so far, I'm not horribly surprised. Disappointed that Marodi and Benson are gone already, but. Holland did say earlier this year that he'd rather call players up than send them down. So to me, this is just him keeping his word. To me, the surprising one is Cooper Marodi because he's been one of the better performing forwards and he's kind of in the mix for a fourth line center spot. Though, like Rick just said, with Ken Holland in town manning the ship, it's, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Maybe I'm just um, still getting over previous regimes and getting used to what happened. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, like to me, I'm not so much surprised that they got sent down or that they aren't making the team. I think everyone could have seen all of these coming. Um, I'm surprised at how early it happened. Like, I wouldn't have minded seeing Cooper Marodi get a couple more looks because he looked good. I wouldn't have minded seeing Tyler Benson get another or a preseason game with Nugent Hopkins and Neil or do something like that. Try to work these guys into skill roles, but... At the same time, maybe it is a good thing that there's some veterans outperforming them and Ken Holland is taking the more cautious approach. Um, if there's one name there that surprised me the most, it was probably Caleb Jones. Because coming, if you would have told me coming into camp that Caleb Jones was going to be one of the first round of cuts, I wouldn't have believed you. I thought this is a guy who, because he's open to playing the right side, although he didn't look good there in the preseason tilt against Vancouver, but because he's open to playing the right side, I just kind of assumed he was going to stick around for a while. And based on what we saw from him last year, like... Last year, he jumped Ethan Bear on the depth chart on organizational mm-hmm. priority. And now it looks like heading into this season, Ethan Bear has leapfrogged him once again. So just the way that kind of played out was surprising to me. From coach Dave Tippett, Caleb Jones just had a few guys play better than him. Bouchard, Bear, and Lageson specifically, they're all close, but those three had better camps. His, uh, Jones, he's talking about versatility will help him out. He can play both sides, so saith Dave Tippett. I don't think they gave Benson the proper line mates to play with in that situation. Like, I think in the first game, he had a couple AHL guys. He never got a shot with Nuge. He never got a shot with Neil. Marodi's best line, uh, best shift last night was with was when Benson was on his line. The thing that fears me the most is those guys got sent down when they did because none of these quote-unquote scratch tickets have taken any spots. Nobody's won a position yet. We just got to the point right now where... Put the kids back and let these other guys try and figure out who can even fit in the top six. Let the other kids go down, try and get going in, you know, the end it back into their training camp and some preseason, some games down there. But I'm fearful because not one of these scratch ticket guys has looked good at all. Yeah, but I mean, we're still talking about, we're only talking about three preseason games yeah. so far. And 
it's what, and it's long? one of those things like Bag Milk said that that uh, Holland has said that he wants guys to be moving up, not not being sent down again after five games or well, six those games. Guys that kind sure, of thing. Well, those guys sure aren't moving up anywhere. But that's the that's the point is that to me it's like he's okay with having a guy like Nygaard be put on waivers because he is being outplayed by Benson down in the AHL. So Benson gets the call up. Nygaard gets sent out of town kind yeah, of but thing. Nygaard has not beat Benson out right now. Nope. Not but one of these scratch ticket guys has done anything so far. But this is where this is what my biggest fear with bringing all these guys in is I'd rather have a two and a half to three million dollar player who can go out there and actually play instead of all these eight hundred to one point two five million dollar guys who you're just hoping for the best in. Okay, but you're not even counting the five million dollars in dead cap space. Go ahead, Dan. But Yurko had Yurko's had a great game. Yurko Yurko has outplayed Tyler Benson. He had some good shifts, yes. For sure. Not had a great game. Nygaard looked better last night than Benson did. That's fair, but we're not saying anything. But uh, not not one of these guys that still look like they're gonna be a bottom six NHLer. The point is that to me is you cut down, you cut down <laughs> the, you trim the fat. You have to make cuts at some point during training camp. Uh, yeah, so that's here's, fair. So I you've made the cuts, and now Benson, now Cooper Marodi, now Caleb Jones, they all go down. Bakersfield camps start next week, I think Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, and so they're so they're into the mix of things there, and then they then they earn their spot coming back to the team now. Back if, to who's the earning their spot happens. though? Who's taking their spot right now? Nobody's really taking their spot. But this I think that's kind of the point is little guys. No one's taking their spot like. Benson and them had to come in and blow the doors yes. off or else yep. it's you got to spend yep. more time in no, the American I, I, I completely agree with that. Just my fear is that nobody is beating them out for their spots. We're moving them out to let these other guys try and figure their way out. Not because they're doing something. It's because we still have more question marks about these guys. They have to be able to fit the team on a bus to Penticton, Rick. So some people... There's just an airport in Kelowna. You can fly and then we can take a couple Ubers... <laughs> Do they have, um, do they have, what are they, birds and uh, what are the other scooters? The, the lime scooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lime, lime scooters. scooters or something. Awesome. Some rollerblades. Like Listen, there's no better team bonding speeds. than rolling around on an e-scooter with your buddies. That's all I'm saying. Back to Dave Tippett when he's speaking specifically about Marodi. He said Marodi needs to work on his overall game. He has a great attitude and knows what he needs to improve. Benson is also really close. I'd have, I have liked him and Marodi to produce more in rookie camp, but he's very close. Good all-around game. So there's praise for both guys. They just need to do a little bit more in the AHL. One, I have a couple of points. One, I really like how direct Dave Tippett is. He doesn't give you the whole, like, you know, any cliches. There's no tab or, dancing. Yeah, he's just like, here's a two-sentence answer, but it's exactly what you want to hear from him based on the question. Um, so I really like that. The other side of this is we uh, we don't... S- oh, someone is drilling out here. I, I doubt the mics are picking that up, so I'm bringing attention to it for no reason. But we don't see practices, right? Like, for all we know, he could really like what Nygaard or Nygaard, whatever the hell we're calling him, has been doing in practice. He might look at Maroding, okay, he's getting beaten a lot of battle drills in practice. You know what I mean, right? Like, there's a whole other side to training camp than just what's happening in the preseason games. Well, that's fair. That's yeah. Kind of, we got to be hope, hopeful about that. And maybe tonight we're going to see uh, some of those guys step up. I know I'm really curious to see about our, our new friend, our new Russian friend. So, he's Birdasov. Birdman. Yeah, Birdman. He, the Birdman. The Birdman's oh, nice. in tonight. Brr. Birdman's in tonight. He's in with Nuge tonight. But and he, uh, Leon Dreisaitl makes his preseason appe- first preseason appearance tonight as well in between Nygaard and Zach Cassian on the first line. Then they've got Bertasov with Nuge and Gagne, and then Kara, Sheehan, Archibald, Haas, Cave, Chase on to round out the forward group. That's a hell of a look for uh, Joachim Nygaard because if him, Dreisaitl, and Cassian click and prove that they can be a good top six line, maybe you, McDavid's expendable. Could be, yeah. Like, <laughs> you just don't need him. I knew you were going to go there, and I still am shocked you went there. Like, I, I could see where you, you were heading. I was giving you credit. I was going to say you are going to put uh, Nuge and Connor together, but now we're, now we're just getting rid of Connor. Imagine what you can get for him, though. <laughs> can we yeah, be looking at a third line of Connor McDavid and Josh Archibald? <laughs> oh, damn. Wow. A uh, big topic of conversation, especially after last night's shellacking to the Vancouver Canucks, is goaltender Miko Koskinen and his glove hand. Jay, you've grabbed a mic instantly. What do you got to say about Miko? I've got a report from Finland. Go ahead. I'm told it is not improved. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I was told not to expect great things from his glove hand this season. Yeah. Well, at least most NHLers probably don't know about it. You know what I mean? Like, they don't study these guys, right, Tyler? Yeah. yeah. No homework is done. I don't know. I, the scouting report, that Jay saying that scares me more than the preseason game does. Like, I wasn't putting much stock oh. into last night. Like, it's your first time facing game speed and all that. But if you're talking to people who say his glove hand hasn't improved in Finland, 
Well, I mean, if Ward isn't good out of the motherland, that's a bad sign. Well, and they were just a turnover cafe last night, yeah. too. Like, it was that was some that was a real nice pass by Keegan Lowe to set up that two on one for the Canucks. That well, there's just, a couple of things, too. Like, if I'm going to be, I'm still in full Kool Aid mode and I'm going to defend Miko Koskin in a little bit where those two goals that went in over his glove side, the first one was through all kinds of traffic. All right, I'm going to give him a pass on that. Maybe if he was a couple inches taller, it would have hit him in the shoulder. Right, Tyler? He was a couple, yeah, a couple inches taller. He wouldn't be able to walk through doorways. The second one was a perfectly executed two-on-one. Yeah. At some point, you have to give a little bit of credit to the players for executing as well as possible. Um, we're Sorry, because we're all in the nation real-life fantasy football league. Go ahead. Uh, the Patriots just released Antonio Brown, and that is hilarious. That guy's having himself a uh, <laughs> I guess that's the end of his a, career. I'm in a QB conundrum at the moment because Cam Newton is not going to play this week. So mm-hmm. I, have, yeah. I have to pick. I'm going to have a side conversation maybe with Rick on the two options that I will not disclose to protect my team. Welcome you know, all you motherfuckers might try to pick up the guy I want. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to pick up a QB ASAP Rocky. Back to the Edmonton Oilers. I want to talk about Miko Koskinen. Tyler, you put out a question of the day on ON Radio's Twitter account and Instagram. Uh, go follow both at ON Radio podcast. Um, how much stock or how worried are you all are on a scale of one to 10 about preseason results? I'm going to start with you because it's your question. Yeah, so like we've had years and years of the Oilers dominating preseason games, going 6-1 and one in the preseason. Anton Lander, is he finally a third-line center? Is Ty Ratty the answer? Like we do the same song and dance every single year. We all get super stoked, and then they fall flat on their face in the regular season. So like I, I never liked that. I never liked looking at a guy who ripped up the preseason and being like, oh, man, there he is. He has finally arrived. We are good to go. So I don't like doing it on the other side of things either. Like Miko Koskinen last night, is that like incredibly alarming? Not inc- like I, I'm not like, oh, well, the season's already over before it started because Koskinen hasn't fixed his glove hand. Like to me with those established NHL guys, I want to see them more into the regular season. To me, training camp is just kind of like filling out the bottom of your roster, making sure everyone's ready for game one of the regular season. The results don't mean much to me. Dan? I think it just comes down, I think Gregor said it last night too, that it's like, it comes down to the individual performances of people and, and you can't, you can't look at, you know, the Oilers lost six to one last night, but to me, it's the guys that stand out versus the guys that, that looked rough. And that's where, that's where, you know, like a, uh, especially for a guy like, like a Benson or a Marodi, where we're talking about, they had a chance to really, to really excel. I think that, that seeing an individual performance from somebody where you're like, okay, all right. Like Yurko in the game, the game previous where he just kind of Thomas Yurko McDavid. Offense. He drove the offense. Yeah. That's he, right. He stressed out some people. On about some one. shifts. I did, man. It was so he funny. Did. I tweeted out Thomas Yurko McDavid during that game when he scored the other day. And fuck man, some people were mad about it, but mad to, to come back to what you said though, Rick, like you're right that it is on some <laughs> shifts, but it's even just, it's the, it's the noticing individual performances more than the team on a whole because, because like, like we said, their lines that they're looking at, you know, like our power play was horrendous. So last give me night. a number one but to 10. How, I would how say, concerned are you? I was not concerned, but when I look at preseason performances, I put probably about a, a four or five in stock into their, uh, into their individual performance. 6.5. Actually, it's going to go up to 6.7 now with, uh, with Jay's, uh, <laughs> and homage to Ben Wapuliat. Yeah, with nice. uh, knowing what's going on in Finland, though, it's definitely up to a six point seven. <laughs> forget. Here's my thing with even assessing like individual performances, like especially for blue liners, this concerns me. Is that a lot of times you're just paired with an AHL caliber yep. D man, right? Like it's hard Caleb to look at Jones. Well, that, that could be part of it too. Night. Yeah. Um. So I I think sometimes you just you can look into things and you can put stock into them because obviously the coaching staff does, but you always need the context. You can't just be like, yep. this guy had three giveaways and was dash three and they were brutal. Well, okay, was he playing with Keegan Lowe and was Keegan Lowe maybe terrible and were those turnovers because the wingers weren't coming in and giving him support for a breakout pass, right? Like there's layers to it in yep. my opinion. To that exact point, I said last night in the wrap up that James Neal, I love watching his hands and his ability to make little plays with the puck. And then the first comment in was, yeah, but he was a minus three. And I was like, well, okay. Who gives a shit? He was playing with Nygaard and um, Ryan McLeod. Like, and, and that's, that's th- not going to be his regular season line. Give me a break. And that's the thing too, Bagmilk. Like you said, you're seeing, you're just, you just see like little glimpses of what you like from a guy and you see things that you don't like from How a guy. How dare I be positive? Yeah. Jay, what do you think? Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how concerned are you on preseason results? 
I think we're actually leveraging preseason for what it's supposed to be. Yeah, which is jobs. Of players, like who fucking cares the outcome? Let's let's set these guys up to try to prove themselves and let's just like hang them out and throw them to the wolves. So, like, and I, I'm not like, we used to be the champions. Yeah, preseason champs. Preseason, like that was our playoffs. But like, I think we, we're actually taking a systematic approach to this. And we got like a coach who's actually evaluating the players that his GM has provided him to try to assemble the best team available uh, that, that, or that's like that he can provide from the players he's been given. So yeah. And l- last night, Gregor tweeted it that the Oilers were six and two in the preseason last year, second place to only the Detroit Red Wings who were seven and one. And how did the season go for both those teams? Who gives a shit? Ty fifth, Ratty is in the last, KHL today for Detroit fifth last. Ty Ratty is in the KHL and he was the preseason champ last year. He was the answer this year. Thomas Yerko McDavid could be the answer. I don't know. He might be. Or by December, he could be in Bakersfield. Could be. Kuhn right? did chime in and said that. Well, then Yurko, we're going to win a Calder Cup. Yurko can't get the answer belt just from preseason performances anymore. Listen, Kuhn can't chime in from over the pond with these kind of hot takes. I, I reached out to him via the Oilers Nation Twitter during the game because somebody asked, is Yurko the answer? He's so, all drunk on Jameson anyways. That really doesn't matter. <laughs> Here's my question, though. How, how many of these guys are willing to go to Bakersfield? Is Yurko... Willing is Haas willing? Are any of these guys willing? Or they if they, Haas. if they, you know, if it, it's someone looks at him and says, "Okay, you know, you got to go down for a stint." Are they going to say peace out and go to Europe? Well, and that comes back to the whole: should we have cut, you know, should we have cut Benson and everything? And it makes sense if if that is the case that you don't want to risk losing a Haas or a, a Nygaard to uh, to Europe just because you want to send them down to Bakersfield for a minute. Why? But if they, they can't make, if just they don't make the, the best opening, team, I don't give a shit. Yeah, if they don't make the opening roster, they don't make their opening roster. Fair enough. Yeah, to me though, like. If Haas or Yurko or Nigard, I think Nigard's going to be on the team. So I think it's just kind of like a Haas Yurko thing. Haas if, might be the one, yeah. If, if it's like a. If Haas has, has not impressed me, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. No, he hasn't impressed me either. But if they had like an under the table, like, hey, if you don't make the team, I'm, you, we'll terminate you. You can go back to Europe, sign your $300,000 a year deal, whatever happens to be there. Um, then you need to be really, really sure about him before you let him go because you don't want to let an NHL player slip. With Benson. If in November he's ripping up the A and you go, you know what? We're still not liking Gaetan Haas. Then maybe you make that switch and you can bring Benson back, whereas you can't really bring Haas back if he's just going to go back to Europe once you cut him. I hope that sending Tyler Benson down is lighting a fire under him in that he's just wants so badly to be an Edmonton Oiler this year that he starts the season on a fucking heater. That's what I'm hoping for for Tyler Benson. I got to think Ken Holland's thinking that way too, Bagnall. I what? bet Ken Holland is also thinking about our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. He's probably got a Twitter account. He probably follows them at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. He's probably even searching for the Nation Truck. Hashtag Nation Truck for a chance at a $100 gas card. Dave Tippett, huge fan of Fords. Dave Tippett looks great. Standing next to the Nation Truck. We have pictures of it. This is a real thing that happened. We will post that later. Go ahead and follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Also, selfishly, I'm going to pump Frank versus Gus, which is going to be kicking off again this year. We have got two good boys going to battle. They don't need any uh, preseason action. Frank has been training all summer long. He's ready. He might get a preseason round again. Well, if Connor's going to get in one game. Frank, don't play until Connor does. That's fair. That's all. He told me last night. The man knows what he wants, and I am not going to disagree with him. Watch out for Frank versus Gus with our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant coming up very, very shortly. We are going to take a break here because we are going to have a special guest coming in. Are we going to ask Jay about Europe? Are we going to talk a little Europe? Oh, yeah, we can definitely talk about Europe. Oh, oh you're staying for the interview? Oh, hell Absolutely, yeah. Okay, man. sweet. No, miscommunication. He's got Let's nowhere to go. He's got nothing going on. <laughs> you can't hear nothing. But just, I'll, I'll figure that out. Yeah. We are going to take a quick break. We've got a special guest coming up. We're going to talk a little bit of Calgary Flames preview with our friend Ryan Pike from flamesnation.ca. Follow Oilers Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now on the phone, we have a very special guest. We have flamesnation.ca editor Ryan Pike on the phone. He is credentialed by the Calgary Flames. He has been in the dressing room. You can find him on Scrum Lurkers every now and then. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? 
Oh, I'm doing well. It's a, uh, it's nice around the road. So I get to sleep a little bit today. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you a couple of questions about the Calgary flames and what they're going to look like this season. It's been a little bit of a quiet summer for them, but first I want to preview tonight's game. Um, looking at the Oilers lineup, we're getting some more NHLers coming in tonight. How is that kind of the same for the flames? Where are they at with training camp right now? Uh, right now they're still doing some auditions. So, uh, uh, It'll be, you're, you're not going to see Johnny Gaudreau tonight. You're not going to see Mark Giordano tonight. Uh, unfortunately for you guys, you're not going to see Cam Talbot tonight. Nah. Uh, but, uh, you know, big save Dave. Dave Riddick is going to be starting. Uh, he'll play at least half the game. Uh, he faced four shots against Vancouver uh, in his 30 minutes uh, on Monday. So they want to see if they can get him a bit more work. So uh, he'll play 30 minutes, maybe more than that. We'll see. Uh, and then uh, in terms of the, full, uh, the forward ranks, uh, you know, there's no Matthew Kachuk, obviously, because he's still uh, unsigned. So uh, Sam Bennett's going playing on the top line with Michael Backlund and Michael Ferlik. And from there, it starts getting kind of AHL-y. <laughs> and that's, uh, it's kind of a, a fringe and tweener lineup for the Flames tonight. The, the Stockton's camp opens on Monday, so the probable plan is they're going to be cutting a lot of bodies loose after the game. So it might be the last chance for a few guys to really uh, distinguish themselves because, you know, uh, with Yusuf Alamaki getting injured, there's a there's a roster spot open, potentially two roster spots open on the blue line. There's maybe one or two up front. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, any of the guys who uh, need to make a push can make a push. Has there been any, any kind of training camp surprises going on in Calgary right now? Maybe somebody who might get a spot or a job that maybe wasn't expected off the hop? Maybe not a, a job necessarily, but, you know, uh, uh, the Russian goalie they brought in, Archim Zagadulin, uh, he came in from Magnitogorsk, and he, he was he pitched a shutout in the, the one pre, uh, prospect tournament game he played against you guys, and everyone's like, yeah, you know, whatever, it's the oldest prospect in the prospect game, who cares? Uh, and, then he, and then he went in, uh, he played in the, the Victoria half of the home-and-home home series of Flames play with Vancouver, and he pitched a shutout in the 35 minutes he played there, and that was against, you know, actual NHL bodies, so... Uh, he's only 23. He's played exactly, you know, zero minutes of uh, regular season North American hockey. But, you know, goaltending is goaltending, and some guys can just figure it out really quick. So uh, we'll see what he can do. Uh, he might be changing their decision-making a bit as far as how they're going to deal with goaltenders in Stockton. But beyond that, uh, that's not really been a terribly uh, terribly interesting training camp in terms of storylines. Uh, the guys that we thought would be pushing for jobs are pushing for jobs. You know, uh, Andrew McDonald's been pretty good. Uh, he's in on a PTO. He's looking for a job. Michael Stone has looked like Michael Stone. He's uh, he signed a, a, a league minimum deal, so he's pushing for a job. Uh, you know, you, tonight you guys will see an old friend in the form of Brandon Davidson. He's pushing for a job. He's on a league minimum deal. So they have a few guys like that are sort of you know all in sort of the clump of league minimum tweener bodies. And it'll be interesting to see if anyone can actually, you know, start separating from the pack because so far the only guy who's really done that uh, up front is Dylan Dubé and on the blue line, no one really has. You mentioned Brandon Davidson. The Flames did bring in a couple of our former friends this this summer, whether that's a PTO. Obviously, there was a big James Neal for Milan Lucic trade earlier. How are the former Oilers looking for the Flames in training camp and in the preseason? Let's start with our old friend Luch. How's he looking for you guys? He is looking just fine. He, uh, I don't, I didn't really like his game against Vancouver in the sense that I didn't think, you know, his foot speed, you know, let's be honest. He, he's never been known for his foot speed, his foot speed. He was noticeably slower than the likes of Toby reader. And, uh, you know, our old friend, uh, uh, Zach Ronaldo, he, he, you know, he looks slower than them, but he's always been slower than them. That's not really a revelation. Uh, he played, I was at the game. They played against, uh, I believe it was the, the Sharks on Wednesday. And Lucic was actually pretty good. He was, you know, he used his size well. He was a bit more strategic in terms of how he entered things. And I think he seemed a lot more comfortable on the ice. So, you know, he'll be fine. I think uh, he, I think he's still a little bit gun shy. He had a, he had a puck on his stick in the spot a couple times and just, you know, double clutched a bit. But I think a lot of that just sort of getting his timing back and sort of getting his confidence back because, you know, he was in a situation in Edmonton where I don't think. I think it's fair to say he didn't really have a hell of a lot of confidence with you guys. So uh, he, I think he's getting there. We'll, we'll see what he is. He's he's probably going to be on the bottom six all year and maybe power play time a bit too because he's big. So we'll see what he can do. But so far, so good. How 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 do you, how do you feel like the Flames 
fan base is in terms of that trade? Do you think it's something that they're on board with considering how bad James Neal's season was last year? Are they ready to give Lucic a fresh chance or is there, what kind of expectations are there for him? So, so far when he's been touched the puck, there's very faint Luch chance in, uh, in the saddle dome. It's, it's early. So the chance are still very uncoordinated and, uh, and faint, but they're there. I think fans are, de- are I think they're, they want to see this work out because Neil was just not a fit. And I think if you're just looking at the attributes of the players, I think Lucic fits what the Flames need and want from their bottom six a lot more than, you know, James Neal did. And, you know, Neil was such a spectacular washout here that I think, you know, fans are just desperate to see something happen. But, you know, it's, I think uh, it's basically just a coin toss either way. You know, at best, it's going to be a lateral trade for either team. What about uh, Cam Talbot? We obviously it made headlines when he got kind of Bronx cheered or booed or whatever in that preseason game against Vancouver. But like, aside from that, what have, what has your assessment of his game been, and what's kind of the fan base's take been on him? I think it's sort of similar. I think fans want to see him work out because it would be a fun story. He 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 would probably say, you know, like uh, we talked to him uh, in the Flames locker room after the, after the game against Vancouver, and he even he was like, oh god, I had I got to have those. So, you know, he's got things to work on. I think it would be, you know, I don't think uh, he's where he wants to be, and I don't think he's where he needs to be. But, you know, he's on a, a one-way deal paying him, you know, 275 this year. Uh, so for him, it's basically he's on the NHL roster, and he's going to have to figure it out. Uh, there's not really anybody pushing him. John Gillies isn't exactly setting the world on fire. Gill- Gillies played uh, the, the Wednesday game against San Jose and gave up four goals, and, like, three of them weren't particularly good. So – it seems to be the race for the backup role isn't really a race because it's just going to be Talbot's. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if he can, you know, figure things out. He's, you know, they have what five or five preseason games left after this. So I imagine we'll see Talbot get at least a game and a half in, and hopefully he can use that game and a half to start getting his confidence in there because, you know, he just looked like a guy that didn't really have his footing yet in the first game. And, you know, that's going to, he's going to have to get that over time because it's not going to happen right away. I know it's a, a question that you get asked, I'm sure, a lot, and you have to you have to answer it a lot. Uh, but I'm sure other fans would love to hear your opinion on for a scale of today to Nylander, How soon does Kachuk sign with the with the Flames, if at all? I have a sinking suspicion this is going to turn into sort of a Johnny Gaudreau style situation where you know, like what happened with Johnny Gaudreau in uh, I think it was 2014 or 2015. Uh, Going to the the day before camp, and the day before camp, when Johnny Gaudreau realized, oh no, I'm going to miss games here, he just went to his agent Lewis Gross and said, okay, let's what deal? What's on the table right now? Okay, that sounds fine. We'll just do that. Okay. So, for the Flames, I think at this point it seems like that's going to happen. The last indication we've had, things aren't really close. Uh, granted, it's a negotiation, so that can change in a minute. But you know the. the I think the big challenge for the Flames is if this goes down to the wire, like if this happens the day before the season, then it really sort of hampers their ability to to maneuver and do their cap wackiness to fit everyone under. I think in an ideal scenario, he signs in a week, and then they have a week to sort of figure out what they can move, who they can move, what they need to move. But, you know, all things being equal, I don't think they'll have that time. I think they'll be, you know, I think this deal gets done in crunch time, and I think they have to do a lot of frenzied maneuvering to fit everything in. Any concern that is going to drag into the regular season like Toronto saw with William Nylander last year? There's always a concern. Um, I think both sides are probably hoping it doesn't come to that. And I think, you know, once you get to that time pressure of, you know, oh, no, it's almost October, then I think things will really pick up because both sides will start giving a little. But for the time being, like, realistically, neither side has anything to gain or lose by just waiting out. So I think that's why we're seeing everything waited out. And particularly, you know, I think once – Let's be honest. Like the, the Mitch Marner deal is the absolute ceiling for for Kachuk. Like all Bailey says is, "Ooh, they shouldn't be paying Kachuk eleven million dollars for five years." And the answer to that is, well, obviously they weren't probably ever going to pay him eleven million dollars for five years. So, you know, the, the deals that have been done have really sort of been the distant. Here's the distant floor for his value. Here's the distant ceiling for his value. And if we happen to see deals for guys like Line A soon, or deals for you know like Kyle Connor, or deals for for Miko Rantanen, I think it sort of squishes in the universe of possibilities a bit more. But right now, the universe of possibilities for, for his deal are insanely you know wide and really only bounded by the Flames' ability to, to cram him under the salary cap. So realistically, until until the, the universe gets smaller in that sense, 
there's really no reason for either side to really give anything. Switching gears to maybe a more positive storyline for Flames fans, at least. Uh, Mark Giordano was one of the best stories in the NHL last year going out and winning the Norris, but he's getting obviously a little bit older. He like he defied age to win that Norris. What are expectations for Giordano like this year? That's a very good question. I think the you know he he's he's a freak. Let's just be honest yeah. here. You know you know Gio, if you're listening, it's not meant as an insult. Uh, he, you know he's 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 36 years old. He's turning 36 years old next month, and he finished first in fitness testing. He's finished top five in fitness testing pretty much every year he's been in the team. You know, and he's just he's just a machine. And he's one of those guys like looking at in the preseason games. I've seen him play two preseason games, and he's going balls to the wall in a you know a meaningless preseason game against the Vancouver Canucks split squad. You know, it's there. He's just wired to be insanely competitive, and you know he works his tail off, and that's why he got to where he is uh, this season. I think you know he won't get the he probably won't get the same bounces he did last year. I mean, he shot you know nearly seven percent at even strength. That, you know, as a defenseman, that doesn't happen very often, so that might, you know, drop a bit. Uh, his PDO is about, you know, one and a quarter, so he's not going to get those level of bounces. You know, his teammate shots won't go in at the same rate, and, you know, the goaltenders won't be as sharp as, you know, as they were from last year. But, you know, he's the type of player who has almost Lidstrom-esque underlyings in terms of his ability to generate shots and his ability to suppress shots. And, you know, if his foot speed holds up, it'll probably you know hang up pretty well. If his foot speed diminishes a little bit, and let's be honest, over time he's probably going to see his foot speed diminish at least a little bit. But even if that happens, his you know underlying numbers will go from being insanely good to being merely pretty good. And the Flames are hoping over time they can you know use guys like you know Rasmus Anderson and Yusuf uh, Alamaki to sort of shelter him a bit and give him a bit more time to be Giordano. Uh, but for this year, he probably won't have 75 points again. He probably won't win the Norris again. But he seems like the type of guy who you know, will have somewhere in the 50s or 60s in points. And, you know, he'll probably still be in the Norris conversation because people will still be pretty damn impressed by his ability to do what he is at the, as a 36-year-old. Last question for you, Ryan, before we let you go. We talked about Cam Talbot. Obviously, Mike Smith came up to Edmonton this year. What can Oilers fans expect from Mike Smith on both the good and bad side of the ledger? Um, on the good side, uh, you're gonna, he, he's, he's an exciting goalie to watch. He's, you know, he's active in his net. He's ro- roaming around the zone. He's probably the only goaltender I've seen in my career. Just, you know, throw his butt into guys behind the net and body check guys. Like, you know, he's fierce, he's competitive and he's pretty damn entertaining when he's on his game because he does wacky things. And the way he plays the position is pretty visually interesting. Uh, the downside is sometimes Mike Smith gets overly Mike Smith-like. Uh, he can wander outside the net and get you know get lost in his wanderings and you know leave the net wide open. He can you know put pucks over glass. He can put pucks on the sticks of the opposition in his own end with him behind the net puck handling. Um, we had this thing, you know, in Calgary, especially last year. You could actually hear when he went out, you know, roamed out of the net to play the puck, sort of a palpable sense of of dread amongst the fan base. The you know, either fans who go from buzzing to going, oh. so <laughs> probably hear that wreck in uh, like, Rogers place quite a bit this year, just like the, the, the palpable sense of dread. But, you know, he's, he's, I don't know if he's better than Koskinen, but he's, you know, at his best, he's probably better than Koskinen. And at his worst, he's a different type of bad. And it's just a matter <laughs> of if, if he's a type of bad you can live with. I've got a very bold prediction, Ryan. I want your take on it. I have Mike Smith at 10 assists this year. What do you think? His career high is three. Uh, He'll get at least five. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ryan Pike from flamesnation.ca. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter at Ryan and Pike. Thank you very much, my friend. Take care, you guys. Enjoy the game. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Thank you, Tom Gazzola. That was very wonderful. It was interesting to hear Ryan talk about Lucic because he hasn't been hurt yet. We were all once Ryan. We were all excited for the guy, and we thought that maybe it was just jitters when he had the puck in the slot, but it turns out he's always been handling a live grenade. He is not drinking the Kool-Aid. He is funneling it. Oh, yeah. It, he's he's mainlining that shit, and <laughs> no, I respect that's, it. Oh, that's, a, that's a coping mechanism. I don't I blame it. him because... We're all pretty excited. After watching James Neal play in the preseason, we're all pretty excited about him. Sure. Nobody, Flames like, fans probably think we're pretty stupid for thinking we're excited for sure. James Neal, too. But none of they're us are stupid saying, for thinking we're stupid. None and of they're us. saying they're going, well, they're stupid for thinking we're stupid. No, 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 no. That's rivalry. Flames fans are just fucking stupid. Stop.
Can't do that. Pike's nice. Pike's, Pike's a, a great guy. Pike's a great hey, guy. Hey, I, I love, I love, hey, I love a person who's a big fan of their team. I'm just saying he is a little delusional right now, but as you should be, if you're a diehard fan of your team. Well, because no, it's not stupid, gentlemen. Ordering something delicious from skipthedishes.ca. Why? Because I know that if you're listening to this, chances are that you probably can't cook. You're probably like me, and you're probably starving, and you're probably alone. You're probably looking at an empty fridge, wondering why you can't feed yourself. There's no sustenance available for you. You're a growing boy, and all of a sudden, there's no nutrients. Thankfully, skipthedishes.ca is here for you. Hundreds of restaurants right to your door. Or you could do kind of like what Rick does. Order from multiple restaurants and get that all sent to your door. Have a tour of flavor. Is it a race? Oh, that's fun. It's nice. Skipthedishes.ca, whatever you need. You want a curry, you want some delicious oodle noodle, you want something a little bit spicy. Maybe you just want to order some Timbits from Tim Hortons. Why not? Can you do that? Absolutely. I've done it multiple times. Holy oh, shit. I've ordered hot chocolate and Timbits at like midnight. It's great. Uh, I love ordering uh, a McMuffins and coffee. I found Fantastic. out via Twitter the other day that you can order 7-Eleven now. You can get a Slurpee delivered to your door. And a bag of Doritos. If you get a Slurpee, can I be like, I want it to be like half Coke. 100%. Half. You got to be able to get the I, I love the idea of a skip the dishes driver just being like, all right, <laughs> one third this, one third this. Put in a gummy worm there to yeah. hide it in. Well, let's be slush. serious. 7-Eleven, Monterey Jack chicken taquitos, mic drop. That's it. Skip the dishes.ca. Go get yourself some Monterey Jack taquitos. Just think of what else you can buy at 7-Eleven. Oh, buddy. Hey, Mr. Skip the Dishes guy, you want to uh, pick me up a quick uh, pack of condoms and bring them back over here, please? Oh, I thought you were going to go my angle where, dirty I'm, dog. where I'm bartering with the chicken man. So I'm going to be like, all right, Skip the Dishes guy, I need you to barter with the chicken man to get me as many fingies as possible at 2 a.m. Maybe I'm a little vulnerable. I need a pack of darts. Maybe. Maybe it's one of those nights. There's no way you could order darts on there. I bet you could. We should try it. We should do an experiment. Jay, you just returned from Finland where you had an interesting trip for all kinds of reasons. You met some former Edmonton Oilers. You had lunch with a legend. Mm -hmm. You met our boy Larvenen, who toured you around. Tell us a little bit about the trip. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was awesome. You said uh, Oilers legend in Finland. It's it's very cute. They say, instead of saying legend, they say legend. Oh, okay. It's very cute. It is nice. And I never correct them because it's just so adorable. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, no, I was... Uh, Larvin was on my case to come uh, to Finland because he brought 25 Finns here last year and we're working on doing an even bigger trip this year. If you don't know uh, Larvin really quickly, Jay, you got to go check him out on Instagram. This dude is living his best life as a superstar hockey fan in Europe. And it is really incredible to watch him do his thing. Larvinen is a legit celebrity. We're, it doesn't matter what rink we were in, uh, people just lining up to to take photos. We were at one game where they, 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 they the in-game announcer knew he was there, so he came to his seat. He did an interview. The national team coach was sitting in a box, and he was like, he was calling out the national team coach in his speech to everyone. He had the whole building erupting in laughter. We were in St. Petersburg for a KHL game. All these Russians are just like, they're very aggressive, just dragging him. Photo, photo. And like, just dragging him around to take photos. Uh, but like, the guy knows everyone. Like, I landed in Finland, and within 45 minutes, I'm sitting at lunch with Essa Tikkanen. And you didn't know this was happening. No, everything was a surprise. So Larvinen now, like Larvinen is a content machine. If you follow him on all mediums, he is constantly pumping out content. He's also now constantly pumping out videos. He's always got a video camera in his hands, a little 4K thingy handholds. And so he knew Tikkanen was coming. He just kept saying like, do you don't mind if we have, we have a fourth, I have a friend coming to join us. I hope you don't mind, whatever. I'm like, sure, whatever. And uh, we're sitting there, and I'm facing him. And he knows it's, it's he's he's coming in. And he goes, "Oh, here's my friend." And I just turn, and I'm like, and he'll he'll have a video for it. I'm like, "Holy fucking shit!" And then just like everyone started erupting, and then Tegan sat down, and we just had like hilarious stories. One of them being because I, I don't know what the temperature in Finland is on Puliarvi. Obviously, celebrity, big time deal, heavily followed, national team legend, and uh, so I was like, yeah. We're going to uh, Hammerlina after lunch to watch HPK, the team there, play Carpat, uh, which is uh, Puliu's team. And so I was like, oh, I'm really excited to see Puliarvi because I don't want to mock him because he's a fellow countryman. And uh, he's like, I don't know what that fucking kid is doing. I could slap him. Whoa. Beautiful. 
Yeah, so S's take on what Pooley is doing to us Oilers fans. Did he give context in why he thinks that? Uh, Yes, because he recognizes that Pooley it's silly for him to stay away from the NHL, and he realizes and recognizes, Essa, that Edmonton's a really good fit for him. So for him to go out and say those things that he's saying, like he's like, what is he doing? What is his agent doing? He's like, I could slap them. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. I also like that you're sitting at a Larvenin table yes. as well. So once again, Larvenin being Larvenin, he's got his own booth in this bar in Helsinki with a table with just, which Rick, you need to work on, just just photos of Larvenin with his Larvenin logo. So we've converted Larvenin into a, into a giant Oilers fan Good. when we first brought him here in 2016. So right. now he's created a like Oilers-esque Larvenin logo. That's his thing. So he's got that smack dab. You look at the big screens, there's Larvenin posters on the side. Like the guy, I tell, I'm telling you, he is a he is a legit celebrity. Put it into context. Finland is a population of five and a half million people. He's got like almost a hundred thousand followers on Snapchat. That's two percent of the population follows this guy on it is Snapchat. His Snapchat, Snapchat is wild too. It's like it's constantly going. It's nonstop. I follow him on Snapchat and it's constantly going. Like he is nonstop. Finish. All in Finnish. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking for more background on this fellow, what does he do? He Well, so now this is now his full-time gig. Yeah. So he used to work for an electrical company and, you know, was just a super fan and started this Larvenin character, which Larvenin, I just found out, actually means, like, like buzzed. Like kind oh, of, like, okay. Like kind of, Getting a little bit Larvenin tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so, uh, so that kind of makes sense now. But, uh, um Sorry, what the fuck? I'm, I'm backtracking. I'm going down another story in my mind. You're talking about his backstory. His, his, how he became Larvin. Oh, yeah. so yeah. So he just kind of built a character around just his general fandom of like Finnish sports. And so he'd put on this wig and these glasses and just like start showing up and he just started like just hitting the socials hard and then started just building like this following. When we first brought him to Edmonton, he had 8,000 followers on Instagram. And now he's at like 60 some thousand or whatever the hell Crazy. Is. Well, and he's just like a bigger than, like a larger than life. Larger than life character. And he's l- literally a stand-up com- comedian. Like I wish I could understand Finnish because he is just <laughs> making everyone laugh all the fucking time. Uh, so it's, it's just that culmination. So he's been able to create up a big enough following and he's got some companies and sponsors that support him in this that now this is his full-time gig. So he travels around to watch, does not necessarily finish hockey, just finish sports. So like F1, he was hosting a big crew for this gambling company in Italy to watch, you know, uh, Amico Raikkonen or whatever his name is, race. And uh, yeah, I, com- I combined two, Miko okay. Hakkinen, I think it is. Miko Rantanen? Miko, Miko Rantanen. Um, but like, and so he, he just, he, he goes, he'll, if it's handball, if it's volleyball, it doesn't matter, he's there. That's but, great. But this guy, like I said, he showed me, I was there, I was in Finland for six days and he showed me a very authentic Finnish experience from going to like super old hot saunas where they're 139 degrees Celsius and you wear, the, you have to wear these special hats or your ears or head will burn and then you jump into the lake. Like the sauna culture there is something that is so amazing and you and they have special sauna beers. They're called like a sauna IPA that are like 3% alcohol and just, yeah, but like they've, 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 they've built stuff around the lifestyle. But the thing that was really resonating in, uh, is like just the Finnish hockey culture, like hockey's number one in Finland. And we went to two games in Finland. We went to yeah, HBK playing carpet, and then we went to Tempere. Te- yeah, so there's there's two teams in Tempere or Tempere, but we uh, they pronounce it Tempere, temp- Tempera. Um, I love Tempera. Delicious. It's so, but so there's two teams in that town. So their their season opener is they it's their Battle of Alberta, and uh, so they've got their rival fans. But just like the energy and the vibe in in these Liga games because they're in like four thousand, six thousand seat arenas is insane. They're in bars. Insane. Yeah. It, it it like the it was it was so good. And you know, and, and the hockey's pretty good. You can notice some things where it's not the NHL. Um especially like I was ISO cam on Pooley Arby who was skiing around the ice because I want to like like this fucking kid better be good because he's better either be up in his trade value. So Uncle Ken can make his life a lot easier. Or, you know, he's actually a fucking dud. So it was kind of, it was it was mixed reviews when I was kind of watching him around there. But he did have a snapshot or a wrist shot at 120 kilometers an hour. The one thing they do in Finland is they, they, uh, they, they, they provide a lot of stats on the game, like distance traveled, 
Like, oh, this player went 6,302 like, meters. Yeah, the IIHF kind of started doing that, and they're experimenting with it more. That's cool. I really like that. Which well, is neat, right? And you said it was available to fans in the arena so they can see it up on the scoreboard. Yeah, it just shows so. up on the scoreboard. You're like, oh, that's cool. Like, you're like, yeah, like the, the, that rush by Pugliarvi and that shot he had where he almost scored because it was a good shot. That was 120 kilometers an hour. You're like, that's pretty fucking cool. I think hockey fans would prefer that over, like, when you go to an Oilers game and you watch, like, the little Crowd virtual shots. taxi races and shit like that. Right? How like, dare you? <laughs> How dare you? But you know what I mean? I think that's something that if it came it to the NHL, people would really like. Yeah. yeah. But I want, I want to ask about the vibe because I was watching you on Instagram, the stories you were posting. Mm-hmm. Finnish hockey fans are bananas. Yeah. What can we take back from them? What can we just straight up steal from Finland and try to crowbar into our game experience? Is it, and is that something that the fans can do or is that something that the organization has to get behind as well? We just need to like muscle in some like our own hockey culture because like this is years and years and years and years of this building up. But like the minute they get into the building, they're they're turned on. Like you're in the parking lot and everyone's like, oh, oh whatever. And then you get into the building and then it's fucking on. The freak flag comes out. Exactly, right? And it's, you know, they've got these big sections for, the, for both home team and rival team and they are just going ham. And people jump in and out of that, and just and the the vibe around that, the sound, the like the you know, like it's just everything's loud. And I think like the smaller arena experience really adds to it too, because it's it's everyone kind of stacked on You're top of each other. Yeah. It's very tight, but it's it is something we can apply to you know a Rogers. Um, you know, if everyone subscribes to it, or you build sections that people can kind of jump in, we just have to like will it. Everyone's got to go and see this, and and feel it. And then that'll hopefully give you the motivation to want to do it because when it's executed, it is fucking unreal. And like to take it even a step further, when we went to a KHL game that's 15,000 people and we're in St. Petersburg watching Ska, watching our boy, Nail Yakupov. A couple of former friends on this trip for you. Absolutely fucking snipe one. And the building erupts. Like it was insane. And just the constant sound. They do, they do some things that I'm not going to disclose because maybe we're going to try to implement these ourselves. We we're going to try to create some culture. But the it's 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 just it's it's nonstop. It's nonstop. You you feel it's the hockey game is an event. And that's what I heard about Montreal. I heard Montreal is a very good arena. Players always say it's the best because it's intense. And it's because fans don't treat it like a game, they treat it like an event. And yep. I think that's what, you know, and, and you know, like Montreal is kind of like an older culture city, so there's kind of that that connection to you know the, to to Europe, I think in, in in that, and I think yeah, like for us, like if the question is what do we need to do or what can we steal, it's just coming in and making some noise. These guys have songs and stuff like that. Like that takes time takes to time. build, but when you have it, it's not. They got a, the, each rival side has got like their drumming, like like in Viking times, like leading like the row. And like they just boom, 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 like and that and that and that sets the tone for the song. Like, and do they not do beers there? So they do do beers. You just can't drink them in their seat. So we just everyone just like runs to the beer lines, <laughs> and you crush two in the intermission. You got you got to stay focused, right? You know, and there's no big huge bathroom lineups there, so it's all good. So you can squeeze in a uh, a leak and and crush two beers, and then you go back to your seat and you cheer for 20 minutes and then run back. There's no casually enjoying those beers, Tyler. You no. gotta put them down the hatch. I never casually enjoy a beer. When the Finns were in Edmonton, they're like the greatest luxury was bringing <laughs> beers to their seats. They're, they thought they were getting away with murder. You went, like you said, you went to a KHL game. What are they serving there? Are you getting some just straight up vodka shots as uh, you walk in the door? Or what? Well, that was the fucking hope. But <laughs> fun fact about Russia. No drinking on Sunday at like events and stuff. I, I'm assuming it's a religion thing. I don't You'd know. You have to think so. Yeah, so they probably. don't serve beer at the games on Sundays. Really? What? Yeah. So I came in. Got a little pregame on, getting excited. Obviously nervous as fuck because sure. they have military walking through the building. Like the one thing I felt about in Russia, like oh, the minute I was like, every moment was I'm like, holy shit, it's crazy. I'm in Russia, but the military presence of the game, like you just felt safe. But like you also didn't want to fuck up because like there's these guys wearing giant oversized. I I got some photos and we'll we'll get those photos. Like storm coats, and I know there's some kind of. Oh, there's an AK under there for <laughs> sure. Some crazy assault rifle there that you don't want to fuck around. Absolutely. And also there, no booze or drinks of any kind in the seats in KHL as well. 
That's interesting, actually. That's not something I would have ever guessed. Like, I guess you take it for granted here, but that's weird. Well, that, that's our culture, yeah. right? One of the neat things, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing all around because Please literally do. this was a trip of a lifetime. So much so that I think, I think if you're, if you're, you're an Oilers fan, great, but you're obviously a hockey fan as well. This is something everyone needs to go experience is come to a place like Finland. And I think Larvin and I are going to work on something to, to make that actually happen. But a fun thing they do in Hammerlina, which is a small town, um, is anytime the team is leading in the game, beers are three euros cheaper. Whoa. It's just such simple little things like that, eh? Three euros. And a beer, I think, to begin with is only like six euros. Well, I shouldn't say only. That's still like nine bucks. But like three euros off the lead. Half price. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's really cool. I I went there. It was because they they didn't, they weren't, the game was tied after the first intermission. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Beer's beer. And then the second intermission, they were up one. And all of a sudden, I'm like, why did I just, why why did this become so cheap? And then I had to ask. And it's because when they're leading, everyone wins. I feel like in North America, the owners would be like, yeah, but then the guys are going to stand up if we score the first goal and walk away. Like, but they didn't. Obviously, you said that it was like the intermission was the rush, eh? Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was just such a crazy thing. I'm like, wow, rewarding like positivity. That is interesting. Like, how many people in the barn are we talking? Uh, roughly? In this one, uh, I think it's 5,000 that I'm good old. Oh, so it's nice and it's nice and small. It's They are on top of each other, but the vibe is still excellent, even though there's that few people. Because the reason I'm asking is, like, if you can put 18,000 into Roger's place and it's yep. quiet as fuck, but you got 5,000 people going bananas, yep. it just creates a much better environment overall. 100%. Like, 100%. Like, if just like in playoffs, like, if we're in playoff mode in regular season, like, Roger's is erupting. Yeah, I mean, Rogers at during playoff time is unbelievable. That 16-17 run, like, people shit on Rogers' place and say the crowds haven't been good. But, yeah, when they got to the playoffs, it was still fucking bananas in there. We show up We show up for the playoffs. I'd love to see the Finns in playoff mode. Mm. Like, then it's like, I bet you... Oh, it's, somebody's getting arrested. Do they even have another gear to get to? Well, I bet you everyone just participates because you, you got the sections of the, fan, of the, yeah. the, the supporter groups where they're just on max. I think everyone just joins that. Would be my guess. Mm. They're all at Larvinin's level in the playoffs. Larvinin's level. Yeah, fucking Larvinin. And so, in St. <laughs> Petersburg, once again, surprised. Like, he was always not telling me this shit. Like, we're just like, oh, we're just going to go check out this thing. And, like, all of a sudden, now we're in, like, in the country, in this beautiful summer home with this beautiful lake. And now we're having a sauna in this, like, lakeside. Like, it, like all these little things were just, like, hilarious. But, like, the one that blew my mind, Esatikinen. But then we're in St. Petersburg, and we're going to meet... And I kind of knew it, I, we would meet this guy is uh, Marco Antala, who is the captain of the or not, yeah, the captain of the national team. They won the gold medal world championships. World championships to the Finns is everything. Is it? And in the Swedes, like the Euros, that it is like fucking everything. They love Olympics too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the international tournaments as international tournaments are so important because like tight knit country. That's the one thing. Like tight knit country. Like Finns are so passionate about Finns. When we went and sat at Larvinen's table. The bar was packed because they wanted to watch the Norwich uh, Premier Sh- uh, Premier League game because they have a Finn on the team. That's it. That's neat. That's so fucking cool. Oh, it's unreal. And, and it's like us with the Olympics and stuff like world champions, obviously not so much, but like we get together like that. But like it is like if it's a Finn in anything, like they're on it. I find that interesting just in the sense of like world championships here. Nobody gives a fuck. No. It's like TSN three type of stuff. Well, when the world championships were in Halifax, the Latvians showed up like in fucking like on mass. They were and they they had no chance of any kind of performance, but they were just there because it was the world champions. It would be good to do a trip to a world championship. Now the thing is, you don't want to be going to the world championship because that means you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's yeah, the bit. And, and I think maybe that's why it's the counter. Yeah, to that because like, it's like a bad thing that you're going there, but. I'm just like, because all the other countries show up, I bet you it'd be unreal to go attend to. When you were over there, did you get the sense that there's a big NHL culture over there just based on the time difference and all that kind of thing? 100%. 100%. Uh, there's, you know, you're, you're seeing you're seeing just random NHL hats all over the place. Like, well, so it'd be a guy in his, uh, you know, yogurt jersey wearing a Leafs hat. And, but, we, and we saw it with the trip coming here too. Yeah. There's fans of every team. Well, on that trip, a lot of those. And so all those guys now are Oilers fans. So about 12 of the 25 that uh, came to Edmonton all showed up. They're not all from Tempera. They all showed up to Tempera so we could have like a reunion 
Ugh, they, they just like flock from all the best. And they're all wearing their nation hats and they're like, fucking like, and just all had something to say. And I'm like, it was unreal. It was unreal. And then Larvin and sorry, back to the Marco Antela KHL meetup. This big surprise and reveal there. Once I realized I, I, I knew I was going to be meeting him was he Larvin and caught wind that uh, Curry was traveling with the team, which he never normally does. So he had uh, reached out to, uh, you know, let him know. Like, he, he had talked to the, some players in the team, say, like, hey, so, like, let us know what, what's going on. So Curry comes, walks out of the building, and Larvin just starts barking a bunch of finish. Blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and the minute Curry walked out of the building, there's there's some people, like, autograph people and, and fans there waiting, and they just flock to him, right? Because that's Yari fucking Curry. So this flock of people's around Yari Curry. And Larvin's like, blah, 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 Edmonton. Yuri Curry stops everything he's doing, goes, Edmonton, where is he? <laughs> no. Like, way. like Edmonton, like, like, oh. I'll, I'll see you all in a bit. I gotta talk to this Edmonton guy first. Fuck. And then so Curry came, we chatted, and uh, you know, we're we we're he's like, How, what did you think of the hockey? What did you think of the game? Like, really like kind of picking my brain about it. And like two of Larvin's buddies had never met Curry, and Curry's like gold standard sure you know, he's fucking yari curry and so like they're like jumping in like wanting to, to talk to him and like get photos it was like really cool but like so nice like but like, it was just that like, I minute mean, when he was because i saw him he's like edmonton like where like and i i'm a, i was assuming saying where is he but like just stopped everything he was doing came to me and then went back to everyone else and signed his autographs and hopped on the bus did this trip to finland get you even more jacked up for all the Finns coming back here because this year we are doubling up essentially the oh, trip that we're, we're going big well, this is going to be a uh, canadian adventure so you know the mission is 50 fins we have some limitations with airlines but we're working on that but uh the goal is 50 fins larvin and because of all the content he created about me making fun of me <laughs> while he was there while i was there is already gauged a whirlwind of interest uh, and so, and there's already people that want to come back there on the first trip. So we're going to hit Edmonton January 10th with 50 fins. We're taking a bus to the battle of Alberta. You're going to be able to join that too. If you're, uh, if you're apt to. Yep, exactly. We're going to make that open for everyone to join the craziness of the fins. Then they're coming back. We're going to watch another game. We're hopping another bus. We're going to go ski in Jasper for two days, come back, watch another game and then send them home. Now, you went to Finland this time, last time Larvin and came here. Did he ask you to win him a barbecue or purchase a barbecue since he won you one when he was here last year? I Well, so I was like, man, I really hope you don't want me to win you a barbecue. He's like, you're <laughs> lucky we don't give away barbecues at Finnish hockey games. So I was off the hook. But I do owe him a well-cooked steak, Alberta beef ribeye steak when he gets here, probably 90,000 ounces. Massive. Oh, and the donor loves the donor. They, uh, he took me for some authentic, uh, late night bar eats. What are we talking about? It's funny. It's like, they're, it's this weird version of poutine. Like in the sense that it's not gravy. It's like a, like a ketchup brown sauce and a lot of cut up, like cut up sausage. And then like a burger as well, a traditional, uh, burger where they, they grill and flatten down the bun. Anyways, it was great. Almost like a grilled cheese. Like a panini type situation. Yeah, it was yeah. a panini. Yeah, it was a panini. You, and you stop yeah. at this roadside thing and you walk into like this little like window and you get this like hilarious burger. It was good. But honestly, I'm telling you, uh, this was a trip of a lifetime. And that's uh, since since it, it made such an impact on me, I want to try to build something around that because anyone who listens to this, you need to come and see this. We need to go. It's It's a pilgrimage. We need to go learn from our forefathers on how to be like amazing hockey fans. And also a fun fact, please full of fun facts. The first covered, the first covered arena in Liga was in Tempera in 1965. That's not that long ago. I know. It's not. It's not. So that was <laughs> yeah. the first arena. I was trying to find out when the last arena that was covered, but before that it was all outdoor games, man, that is, that is nuts. Like we're talking about Finland, we're not talking about California here. No, it is chilly. That is, I respect that. Yeah, good. I respect that a lot. Tyler, what are we doing for time? Ah, uh, well, we're coming up on the end here, but this was a hell of a podcast. We got like our good Oilers preseason talk, roster talk. We got to chat to Ryan Pike, and then this was just a great way to end it. I feel like I almost went to Finland now because Jay's so passionate and fired up about it. Next September, maybe you will be.
It did make me uh, hungry Rick for is, a trip. Rick, Rick doesn't in. have a mic because uh, we don't have enough. And Rick Ricky's just in. been in the background yelling this whole time. Lauren's a little nervous, so we're going to do like 10 to 20 people is, is the mission. But I have a feeling, given his influence, there's going to be some similar surprises. Yeah. Um, it's going to be what I experienced. In a lot of sauna. Sauna, sauna, sauna. Every building in Finland, business like tower, like offices, have their own sauna. Because that's where the business gets done. Anytime there's a deal negotiation, everyone gets buck chunzy, goes into a sauna, breaks a little vodka, and that's where they hammer out deals because you have nothing to hide. In six months from now, this podcast studio will be turned into a sauna. and We will be looking for another place to park all this equipment. Any last words on the trip to Finland, Jay? Uh, I just want to thank, like, Larvenin, uh, my boy Sammy, my boy Tommy. They let me into their homes. They fed me a, f- a f- I had reindeer, reindeer nice. meatballs. But Delightful. honestly, all I want to say is like every minute I, I, I was there, I felt like I was living a dream. Finland is actually a really beautiful country. It's like a giant forest with a million beautiful lakes. The people there are very nice. They speak great English. And, uh, you know, the beer is delicious. And the hockey culture is amazing. Perfect. I think we can wrap up there, Tyler. What do you think? Hell yeah, man. That is all for episode 54 of Oilers Nation Radio. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank Sherwood for the Giant and, of course, Skip the Dishes for making this all possible. And I want to give a personal shout-out to my friend Eric, the actor, who passed away five years ago today. Bye for now. Shout-out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.